Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. We will begin reading in verse 17. So we, we've just come through, or the Israelites are, are just coming out of Egypt and out from uh, the bondage and slavery that they were under there. And so we get to verse 17 of Exodus chapter 13. It says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Go to verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Let's go to verse 14, or sorry, um, chapter 14 and go to verse 10. So the, the Egyptians are, are now pursuing the Israelites. And, and as it says in verse 10, Pharaoh is near, the Egyptians are near, right behind them. Let's look down at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Let's pray. God, we're thankful to be in your house tonight. And God, we don't, we don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go through the motions of just another Wednesday night or just coming to church on, from a busy week. And God, we, we were, we're really here to, to praise you and to hear from you. And so, God, I pray that you will speak through your word, and I pray that you will speak to my heart, and, and you have already spoken to my heart through this message, and so I pray that you'll, you'll use it in the lives of uh, these that are here, and I pray that you will uh, strengthen my voice, help it not to be a distraction. I pray you help me to speak clearly and as concise as possible as well. And I just pray that you'll use this uh, tonight to speak to our hearts, give us exactly what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Well, I was recently giving a ride to someone, taking them where they needed to go, and I, I typically do pretty good with directions, um, but when I'm in an unfamiliar place, when I'm in unfamiliar territory, then I, I do like to use my GPS. But the person that I was giving a ride to, they, they were very confident, and, and they said, oh, don't, don't use your phone, I, I've got a better route. And don't, don't follow the GPS. I'll just tell you where to turn, and, and, and you'll, you'll get there. And that always makes me nervous. I, I'm not a big fan of that. It, it could just be me. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm a control freak. But I, I'm not a big fan of, of getting directions from other people. 
especially when they're just like, oh, hey, turn here. Or they really don't give you any heads up. And really, it's, it's unsettling, especially when you're, you're driving down a long stretch of road. They haven't told you the exit number yet. They, they haven't told you what road uh, to turn off on. To me, maybe not for you, but to me, uh, that, that's unsettling. Just waiting blindly for directions, almost driving blindly in, in territory that, that I'm not familiar with. But it's, it's even more unsettling, though, when you are, are going through life and you are in unfamiliar territory. You're, you're driving blindly, waiting for directions, trying to figure out which, which way, what you're supposed to do next, waiting for directions. It could be in your health, and you, you, you've never faced this, this kind of health trial before. You're, you're really not sure which way to go, what, what option to take, and honestly, just none of it, none of it really makes sense. You're driving blindly, just, just waiting for, for what's next, waiting for, for direction. That, that's not just unsettling. That, that can be fearful. Maybe it's a, a, relationship, a, a relationship struggle, and, and you're un, in unfamiliar territory. Things just aren't going well between you and your spouse. They, you, they aren't like they used to be before. You've tried everything that you can think of, and now you're not sure which way to go. It could be a financial struggle. You, you've just committed to, to faith promise, and now your, your work hours are cut. Or, or you're experiencing a job change, and you're really not sure what, what you're going to do. Um, there, there's bills, there's things that are coming up that, that maybe you didn't even anticipate, and, and you have no idea how you're going to keep your commitment, much less pay the next bill. It, it could be a, a wayward child, and, and you, you've done everything you could but they've still made, made their own decisions and you're, you're not sure what to do with them next. When we face unexpected turns, uh, unfamiliar territory, places we, we haven't been, we don't know what the next turn will be, it, it can lead us to be fearful. It can lead us to, to feel hopeless, having no idea what to do. That's where the, the children of Israel are right now in, in our passage. There, there are several things in this passage that, that the Lord speaks through, through Moses to, to the children of Israel that I think can, can help us as we deal with unfamiliar territory in, in our lives. So let, let's look at uh, verse 17 again, just, just the first half here. It says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. So again, God, God has just brought the children of Israel out of the bondage and the slavery of Egypt and has promised to, to lead them to, to the land of Canaan, to the promised land. But right off the bat, right off the bat, God chose for them to take a not-so-obvious route to the promised land. And, and in fact, he, he chose a, a route that, that would take them a, a lot longer to, to get to their destination. I'm sure they were thinking, as I, as I thought when this person was leading me a, a lot, to me, what I thought was a lot longer uh, road to take. But I, I'm sure they thought, okay, what, what in the world is God thinking? We, we could have a, a straight shot straight to the promised land. Isn't there, doesn't he know that there's a more obvious route? Doesn't he know that, that this is just a, a waste of time? I, I can imagine it, it would be a little discouraging knowing it was going to take longer than, than they think it should have, or really not, not even necessarily knowing where, where they're going. Because if you look in the map, they're, they're almost going the, the opposite direction of, of, the, of the Canaan land, not, not, anywhere, not anywhere close. 
we can think that the same thing in, in the situations that, that we go through. It, it can seem like the, the obvious thing for God to do would, would just be to, to heal you or, or to, to bring, you, bring your, your relationship back, uh, back where it should be, to, to give you a promotion at work, to give you a, a clear direction for, for a tough decision. That seems like, like the obvious choice. But what the children of Israel needed to be reminded of and what we needed, need to be reminded of as well and in times of doubt, in times of the, these trials that we go through, is that God knows better than, than we do. God knows what we can handle and what is too much for us to bear. He didn't send the children of Israel the, the obvious route because he knew them. He knew them too well. He knew that, that, they, that they would struggle and that they would want to go back to, to the land of Egypt. And so God, the, the first thing we have to remember is that, that God, God knows better than, than we do. His ways are, are higher than ours. I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, look, look, at, look, at, look at again, verse 17 of chapter 13. It says, God led them not through the way of the land of Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. The way that, the, that, that God was, was leading the Israelites may not have been the easiest way. It may not have been the, the clearest way, but it was, it, was the, it, was the best and it was the best way and the way that, that God would bless. If they had gone the way that seemed obvious to them, they would have ended up getting whooped up by the Philistines and just wanting to turn back to Egypt. But God's way for them wasn't the most obvious choice. It wasn't the obvious choice to them, but it was the way that was best for them and the way that God was going to work through and end up leading them to the promised land. The way that God leads us may not seem like the easiest or, or most obvious choice for, for your life. It, it can even seem like, like you are working backwards or that, that it's just a, a waste of time and you don't understand. But again, we can trust that God's way is best and in the way that he chooses for us is going, to be, is going to be blessed. And he knows what we need better than we do. And just, just, a, just a reminder, this, this verse in Isaiah 55, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God knows what is best for us. His way may not be the way that we think is best, but his way is better than ours, and he knows really what, what we need. But when we come to the, these unexpected turns, this unfamiliar territory, our, our first response is generally fear or, or doubt, uncertainty. And, and that's exactly what, what the Israelites were, were feeling. They were already going away. That didn't necessarily make sense to them. But now the Egyptians are, are right on their tail. There's over 600 chariots, countless horses, and the world's most powerful army at the time was right behind them, pursuing them with, with tenacity. And, and obviously, that, that caused some, some serious fear and, and doubt in, in the Israelites. Look, look down at, uh, at uh, chapter 14, verse 10. Chapter 14, verse 10, it says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. 
when, when the Israelites saw the Egyptians so close, they, they were sore afraid. They were extremely scared of, of what was about to happen. So, so they cried out to the Lord. This, this would be an obvious thing to do. We, we all do this. When there's something big going on in our lives, we, we can even say a, a quick prayer in the moment. We cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, please, please help me. Please help the situation. And, and sometimes that, that's, that's all we do. But, but really, that, that is what, what we should do and, and pray and cry out to the Lord. Because Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge and a very present help in, in trouble. We should cry out to the Lord. But the Israelites' response to cry out to the Lord doesn't seem so genuine when you get to verse 11. Look at it. It says, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? The, the, the Israelites were, were fearful. And, and their fear could, could, can be understood. We understand that. And, and their cry to the Lord made sense. It's what they, they should do. But their words to Moses revealed that they had a great lack of faith and, and a loss of confidence in, in God. All they could see were, were the Egyptians behind them, about to wipe them out. And their, their first thought is, is honestly to, to try and, and blame someone around them, specifically Moses. They, they try and put the blame on, on their leader. And m- many times our, our first response when, when something doesn't go right in our lives or, or something big goes wrong, um, I'm just going to be really honest here. We, we, we try to blame someone in, else in our lives for, for what's going on. And again, I'm, I'm going to be honest. A lot of times it's really easy to, to blame a, a pastor or, or a youth pastor when a loved one goes astray, when a child goes astray, or when someone in the church wrongs you. Um, when you when you go through a, a dry spell in, in your walk with the Lord, it's because you, you aren't getting fed from, from the preaching of your pastor. Maybe you look to, to blame a spouse or, or, or a boss or, or a friend or others in your life. Fear does lead us to, to blame others, to blame someone for the situation that we're in. Sometimes it's others, and, and sometimes it's God. The Israelites tried to blame Moses for, for their situation, but they also doubted where, where the Lord was taking them. Look, look at verse 12. It said, is, this, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness." The, the children of Israel weren't even a week out of Egypt, and they were already distorting the, the past, thinking it was better for them in Egypt than it really was, and, and thinking that, that they knew what was best for them rather than God. And they're already doubting where God wants to take them. We, we always think that the, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. We, we think that anywhere else than, than our present situation has to be better, even if that means taking some, some steps back. We, we think God has made a mistake or, or that we could have made a better decision. We forget that God has a plan for our lives and that he, he doesn't make mistakes. But yet we, we, we doubt God and in our fear. So the, the Israelites are terrified. They, they are leaving Egypt, going in a direction that, that doesn't really make sense to them. They're being pursued by this massive army that is ready to annihilate them. And they're, they're blaming Moses, they're doubting God. They are in some very unfamiliar territory. And honestly, they, they have no idea what to do. 
So in the middle of this, Moses responds, responds to them and, and gives them some instructions that changed how, how they were responding to, to their circumstances. I, I think it can help us as we try to respond to, to the unfamiliar territory we find ourselves in. Look at, look at verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Fear ye not. The first thing that, that Moses instructs them to do is fear not. This seems like an, an odd piece of advice because how, how can you not be fearful when you, you don't know where you're going and there's some army that is, some enormous army that, that's behind you trying to take you out? That, that would seem like, like crazy talk. But I, I do believe that, that the Israelites only started to fear when, when they took their eyes off of the, the cloud that was in front of them and looked at the armies that were behind them. Look at, uh, look, look at verse 10 again. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. So they, they lift up their eyes, and, and they, they took their eyes off of this cloud. Because God, God was leading the children of Israel using a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. This, this right here was a constant reminder to them that the Lord was with them and that he, he had promised to, to lead them out of Egypt and lead them uh, into the promised land. And so every time that, that they would look at it, they, they would, it should give them confidence of God's presence and, and his leading in their life at that time. But now they've taken their eyes off the cloud, off of the, the, the picture of God's presence, and they've gotten away from, from the presence of the Lord, and all they see is this trial. All they see is the trouble behind them. And that's exactly what we do too. We become fearful, full of worry and doubt when we lose sight of God's presence in our life and we focus on the trouble, the trial that, that is around us. We, we, we focus so much, so much of our, our thoughts can be taken up by our health, by the loss of a loved one, a loved one that's going astray, our mortgage, bills, our job, our marriage, and on and on it goes. We can get so focused on the storm around us and, and the storm in front of us that, and think that, that we are doomed, think that, thinking that there's no way that we are going to get past this trial in our life. But we have to remember that we do, ju just like the children of Israel, we have the presence of, Lord, the, presence of the Lord with us through these trials. He Hebrews 13 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Psalm 34 says, The, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their trouble. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Isaiah 41, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I could go on and on and on of verses uh, in God's word promising God's presence through, through our storms and through every circumstance that we face. So, fear thou not. Don't be afraid. Don't let the circumstance, the present circumstance, override the confidence of God's presence. 
The second instruction that, that Moses gives them is to stand still. To stand still. This instruction also probably seemed opposite of what the Israelites' natural response would be. The natural response would, would be to either start running and, and trying to find a way to, to get out or to start fighting. It, it's, it's fight or flight. But that's not what the Lord wanted the Israelites to do. All they needed to do was just stay, stay where they were at and, and to let God do what only he could do. I heard, heard someone say this when it was really helpful to me. Uh, it says, despair will cast you down, keeping you from standing. Fear will tell you to retreat. Impatience will tell you to do something now. Presumption will tell you to jump into the Red Sea before it's parted. M many times, I, I think that the best thing for us to do is, is not to try and, and take things into our own, own hands and, and force something to happen in, in our situation. That, that's, what, that's what our natural response is, is, is to try and figure out how this is going to work, especially as men. We, we want to fix the situation. We, we want things to just go back to, to where they should be. But many times, instead, God wants us to, to stand still, to wait where we're at, and, and, and see as he reveals his plan and, and, and as he provides for us, and, and again, to let him do what only he can do in, in our situation. So, so Moses has, has instructed the Israelites to, to fear not, to stand still, and then now to, to see the salvation of the Lord. You know, Moses didn't know exactly what God would do, yet he, he did know what the result would be. He knew that, that the Lord would come through for him. He knew that, that God would save his people and that the enemies of the Lord would be destroyed. He could say with confidence to, to Israel, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. You know why Moses had, had such confidence in, in saying that? that, hey, the, the enemies, this incredible army behind you, they're going to be completely wiped out. And, and God is going to fight for you. How can he have such confidence in, in saying that? Why, why could the children of Israel have, have confidence in, in what he was telling them? Well, one, because they had just seen the Lord do something great in their life, something miraculous. God had just miraculously brought them out of slavery in Egypt with, with the ten plagues, and, and it worked in some absolutely incredible ways in their lives. Because God had worked in their past, and, and really just their, their very, very recent past, because God had worked in their past, they could be confident that he would work in the future and, and in their present. But, but second, Moses and the Israelites could have confidence in God because he promised to bring them out of Egypt and, and promised to, to bring them to, to the promised land. We, we too can have confidence in God through whatever trial or whatever storm, whatever situation that we go through because of what God has done in the past. Not only can, can we look back at different times where, where God has answered prayers in small ways, in big ways, whatever the case is, he, he's worked miracles in our lives and provided when, when we were at our wit's end. I think if we were all to look back at our lives, we could see times where God has worked in our lives and in some great ways. But not just that. When we were sinners with no hope of forgiveness, on our way to spend eternity in hell, separated from God, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to save us from our sins and give us eternal life. Christ died 
to, to pay for our sins, to give us eternal life, saving us from the biggest problem that we will ever face in our life. If God could take our, the, the biggest problem that, that we will ever face, our sin, then there's no problem beyond God's control. There's no problem in our life too big that, that he can't handle. He, your, your health is not beyond God's control. Your finances are, are not beyond God's control. Your relationships are not too tough for God to handle. No, no matter the problem that you face, God can handle it because he has handled our biggest problem in our sin. We can also have confidence in God's word because, because uh, we can also have confidence in God because of the promises he's given to us in his word. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we, we probably all know this verse. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Sometimes we, we, we take this verse out of context, and, and we say that, that God's never going to give us something that, that we can't handle. Well, it, it's not true. There, there are plenty of things in our life that we can't handle. And, and I, I think you know that. And we've all tried to handle things in our life, and they're too big. But God will never put something in our lives that we cannot handle when we have his help and his strength and his word and his presence. Another promise that he's given us is, is Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Things may not always turn out the, the way we want them to. You may not get the healing that, that you've prayed for, that loved one may, may not get the, the healing that, you, that you've been really praying for. Not, not every search, situation will, will turn out just like you think it should. But you can always trust that God can use any situation, whether, whether it looks good or looks bad to us, he can use any situation in our lives for our ultimate good and, and for his glory. So um, I'm, just going, I'm going to summarize this really quick. God, so God comes through. God, God parts the Red Sea. After Moses has given this instruction to the children of Israel, he goes to the Lord and, and he, he prays for, for direction. So then God gives Moses this, this instruction on, on how God is going to part the Red Sea and deliver the children of Israel um, through, through Moses. And when, when, we, when we're going through a trial, when we're going through unfamiliar territory, then, then we need to apply what, what we've already discussed but then also pray to the Lord, seek his face, seek his word for a direction. And, and when we receive it, then act on it. Moses, I'm sure Moses had some doubts in his mind about how exactly this is going to work. How am I going to use a stick to, to part the, the Red Sea and, and have all these mil millions of people cross? How is that going to work? He, he could have doubted. But instead, he, he prayed to the Lord, he got direction from the Lord, and, and he responded. He acted on it, and he did what he was told. So, so he obeyed, and he, he parted the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could cross over, and, and so that God could destroy the Egyptians in the sea. Look, look at the end result. This is so encouraging to me. Verse 30 of, of chapter 14. It says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Even through this, this incredible trial, 
the Israelites, this incredible trial that, 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 that the Israelites had to face, they, they listened to the Lord, and, and, and God came through for them. Even though this was, this was the hardest thing that they, they'd ever had to face, at the end, they, they could see how God worked, and, and it strengthened their trust and, and their faith in him. But not just that. It, it was a testimony to, to the Egyptians of, of who God really was. And, and even Pharaoh asked, who, who, is, who is God? And, and I mean, they, they, they all doubted. They all doubted God. And, and look, look at verse 18 of chapter 14. It says, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. There are other verses that, that talk about how the Egyptians then knew that, that God truly was who he said he was. So even through this, this storm, this trial, this unfamiliar territory that you are facing, that you're going through, when you get to the end of it, you can look back and, and see how God worked through it. You can come out on the other side, not bitter and, and angry, but with your faith and confidence in God grown. And if you let, if you let God work through, through the trial that you're in, something that seems so impossible to, to everyone around you, then it can be an example to the lost world of who our God is. And it can, it can convince them of God's greatness and his ability to overcome their biggest problem in their sin. So, so maybe tonight you, you are driving in, in some unfamiliar territory. Your life has taken an unexpected turn. You, you're not really sure what to do. The way your life is going right now just, just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and you're, you're, you're getting pretty uncomfortable. You're, you're getting fearful. It, it's, it's, it's getting to a point where you're, you're anxious. You're not sure what to do. Let me encourage you with this. First, God's way may not seem, may not seem easy or obvious, but his way is always better than, than yours. Second, you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear because you have God's presence through your hardest situations. Three, don't, think, don't take things into your own hands. Let God do what only he can. And four, you can trust the Lord with this trial because, he, because of his salvation and his work in your life in the past. I just want to leave you with, with, with this last verse, and I think it really, it really sums this up well. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust the Lord in, in this unfamiliar territory. Trust his ways, not your own. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge his word. Acknowledge him in every area of your life. And he will direct your paths even through this unfamiliar territory. Let's stand. I'm going to pray and Brother Jacob and Miss Sherilyn are going to come play for, for the invitation. I just encourage you, if you are going through some unfamiliar territory right now, don't fear. Don't give up like we heard on Sunday. Trust the Lord and, and he, he, will, he will bring you through it and you will have greater faith and greater confidence in the Lord even through it. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for the encouragement that, that we can get from your word. And I'm thankful that we are not alone to, to face the, the problems that, that we have in our life. We're not alone through the trials and, and the circumstances that we're facing. And God, you've promised your presence through them. And, and it may not always go exactly how we want it to, 
But God, we know that you are with us through it and you can work any situation in our life uh, into something that is good and something that will bring you glory. And so, God, tonight, I pray that you'll help each one of us to give whatever situation it is that's causing us fear, that, that's ca causing us to doubt. I pray that you help us to give that to you and trust you with it and let you direct our paths through it. So I pray that you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.